0: Hello, this is Lian Sedanajadi, Global Project Execution Specialist. Welcome to my podcast on greater success and happiness within reach. This is part two of my interview with George Channels, the 31st Attorney General of the state of Nevada. In the last episode, he talked about his successful public and private sector experiences. My last question to him was, why did he start writing books? Here we go. Okay, okay. All right, start
1: again. Okay. So what got me into books? Um, in 2012, I had a heart attack and, uh, it was, you know, really kind of a eye-opening experience. Um, I, uh, I went to the hospital and I said, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. And they put me on an AKG and they said, you're having a major heart attack right now. And, uh, we've called the cardiac surgeon and he's on his way and, uh, it, we're going to try to, you know, have him examine, uh, what the problem is. And, Hopefully it can be resolved with uh, uh, putting a stent in, in the area of blockage or maybe two stents and um, we'll see how that goes. And if that works, great. And if not, we'll have to take it to a different level. Mm -hmm. So they put me on the operating table and the cardiac surgeon got there and he, um, he ended up putting in two stents and, uh, and I was fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, fortunately there was no permanent damage, Mm -hmm. but at the time, I had a 16-year-old daughter and I had a 21-year-old nephew and I thought, well, what happens if I die? Um, I'm going to be leaving my daughter, um, and my nephew, um, without any real guidance and direction from me at least. And, and I thought, well, that's a shame because, you know, uh, there's a lot that I wanted to tell them and there's a lot that I think they could learn. And, um, and I, I would hate to take all that knowledge with me. So, the first thing I did was I put my affairs in order, my financial affairs in order. And then the second thing I did was I sat down and I started to write a letter to my daughter and to my nephew. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the letter was to try to anticipate what questions they might have and and what they would ask me when I was gone and what would they want to know. And And so I thought, all right, if I'm not here to answer those questions, I'm going to have to anticipate the questions and I'm going to have to answer the questions in advance. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, all right, well, what are the areas that they might have issues with? Well, they might have issues with relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter might find a boy and she might have questions about him or they may have issues with communication. They may want to go in and ask for a raise and they don't know how to go in and ask for a raise. Mm -hmm. Um, or they might be negotiating for a car and, or a home and they don't know how to negotiate. So I tried to anticipate what their needs might be. And I tried to break it down into categories and then write about each of those categories Mm -hmm. and tell them what I knew and, you know, tell them what I knew about communication and tell them what I knew about relationships and tell them what I knew about negotiation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, tell them what I knew about how to decide what what you want to do in life, and how to create a plan of action, and um, you know, how to develop courage and how to overcome fear, mm-hmm. and and why you need to be committed to your work mm-hmm. um, or to your relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I began to write about these things uh, in the form of a letter, and ultimately, I, within a month or so, I had written a hundred pages, mm-hmm. and I realized that this is more than a letter. This is Becoming a book, mm-hmm. and then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to make it a book, mm-hmm. and um, and it has application way beyond my daughter and my nephew. The, mm-hmm. the stuff that is in here is important information that can benefit a lot of young people, mm-hmm. and so why don't I just make it into a book? And mm-hmm. so that became my first book. That became Seize Your Destiny.
2: Yeah,
1: and Seize Your Destiny is essentially 22 chapters, and it provides the core find foundational things that I think a person needs to know mm-hmm. in order to live a happy, successful, and meaningful life.
2: Right. At
1: least these are the things that helped me to live the life that I've led. These are the guiding principles after looking back on my 60 years of life. These are the guiding principles that I think are most pivotal in, in helping me achieve whatever level of success and happiness I've achieved. And, and so I, I put those in this book and then after doing that, um, I got great response from the book. If you go on amazon.com and you, and you look for the book, seize your destiny, you'll see all the five star comments from people. Um, there's not a single comment that's below five stars and everybody loves the book and, and they love what it does for their children and they talk about it and, and they share their feedback. And, um, I got, you know, I got some incredible responses from, um, from people. One boy, one young man told me, you know, your book spoke to me like the father I never had. Mm-hmm. Uh, another mother told me that it was mind blowing that, mm-hmm. that, uh, her children, uh, came to her and, and, uh, she had two little girls, a 14 year old and a 16 year old. And they had a 16 year old friend over one night and the three little girls come into the kitchen and they tell the mother, um, you know, Mom, we've all decided that we're going to get tattoos, mm-hmm. and the mom had just read the book, mm-hmm. and she had read there was a section in the book about tattoos, mm-hmm. and so she said, "Let let me read what Mr. Chaynes has to say about mm-hmm. tattoos," mm-hmm. and she read it to the girls, and after reading it to them, all three girls decided that they no longer wanted tattoos. <laughs> that that you know that it changed their mind. Yes. And the mother said that, you know, that this, this was mind blowing to her because, you know, if it weren't for that information, she probably would have been in the car driving these little girls to go get their tattoos. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, and, and, and all I said, I talked about uh, uh, a number of issues in there. And I said, look, for some people, first of all, 40% of millennials today have tattoos. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40 to 50% of millennials don't believe in capitalism. Ah, uh, forty to fifty percent of them don't believe in religion. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so they're a different, they're a different group. Mm-hmm. and and yet today, still, if you want to go into certain professions, mm-hmm. I came from the legal profession, and I can tell you that in the legal profession, a hiring partner is not going to hire someone generally, um you know, or they're going to, you know, pick someone uh, as a priority over uh, an applicant who has, a lot of visible tattoos. Mm-hmm. You may get hired if you have, you know, one or two, or they're not visible. But you know, if you've got your neck all tattooed up, you're you're probably not going to get hired at a major firm. I've mm-hmm. never run into a lawyer at a major firm that has visible tattoos. Right. So there are certain in, there are certain industries, banking, law, um, that 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 require um, customers and clients to have a level of confidence in who they're dealing with. And those businesses do not uh, embrace tattoos like, uh, you know, a a graphic design firm would or an advertising agency might, or a more creative field in music or dance or theater. Um, In those professions, you know, tattoos might be an asset. They might actually help you, um, where you could be more successful in that given uh, field of endeavor. Um, but in the field of endeavors that I'm familiar with, more familiar with, like law and banking, uh, these are not something that you uh, that you do lightly. And so, I made the argument that you know the 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 teenage brain does not fully develop uh, the the prefrontal cortex of the teenage brain. Uh, which is the logical reasoning portion, portion of the brain does not fully develop until you're 25 or 26. And that before you make lifelong, life altering decisions, like a permanent tattoo or like getting married or some, or like, you know, uh, um, uh, something that's somewhat irreversible, um, you don't, you shouldn't be making those types of decisions until your brain is fully developed Mm -hmm. until you're 25. And, and so that's, you know, part of the argument that I made and the mother read that to the girls and even at 14 and 16, they agreed. They (laughs) were, you know, they got it. And, um, you know, so sometimes it's the messenger, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you as a parent can't tell a child, they, they won't listen to you directly. Um, you know, they, they may think they're smarter than you, you know, and many of our children are smarter than us. You know, they're, they, they, they're, some of them are are brilliant. Um, but they may lack the judgment or they may lack the experience or they may lack the logical reasoning, uh, that we have, uh, developed over our lives.
2: Right. And
1: so, um, you know, while our advice really is valuable, they may not perceive it as being as valuable or they may think that they know more. And so sometimes it's helpful for a parent to be able to um, turn to a third party and use them as an authoritative source. Right. And that's what this mother did with my book and, and it worked really well for her.
0: Right. And also I, not only I found your tips not only are useful for, you know, for, for young people, Um, But they're also very useful for entrepreneurs and small business owners. And, you know, I mean, there's so much to learn from your book. And then I was particularly impressed about the chapter that you talked about profound influence of perception, part two.
2: Yeah.
0: And you talked about... Yeah, you talked about how the same fast could be reported differently by different news media. I mean, we're in an information overload, you know, kind of era. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, your advice about how to decipher? Yeah,
1: that's that's a fascinating area. It's an area that's very near and dear to me, um, because I believe it's probably the defining issue of our age um, is the malleability of the human brain. And, and the profound implications of, of the media and, and misinformation. Um, you know, one of the things that we don't really realize is, is how our brains function. Um, we know very, very little about our brains as individuals. Um, scientists, neuroscientists, have learned more about the human brain in the last five years than they had in the five in the in the prior five thousand years, hmm. and so we're learning about the human brain and about how it works and how it functions. And this is both good and bad because it's great that we're learning this. As long as you learn the information, but if you remain ignorant of the information and other people have the information, then they can exploit that information to manipulate your brain right. outside of your conscious awareness. So. Here are some things that you need to know. Number one, your brain is impacted by 11 million bits of information per second. All of our brains are constantly being bombarded by information since the day we were born. Mm -hmm. Um, Your conscious brain can only process 15 to 50 bits of information per second, Mm -hmm. which means that the vast majority of that information is entering your brain, your unconscious brain, outside of your conscious awareness. Um, Our brains function that way because, for example, all of the information that we need to regulate our breathing, our movement, our sight, um, our hearing, our senses of smell and touch, um, it it would be information overload if we had to be consciously aware of all of that. You're not consciously aware of the mechanics behind your vision or the mechanics behind your breathing while it's occurring. Mm -hmm. It's just occurring. Because the subconscious or unconscious portion of your brain is taking care of it, mm-hmm. and it knows what to do, and mm-hmm. your conscious brain doesn't need to know what to do mm-hmm. with regard to those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think about the volume of information that is penetrating our our brains outside of our conscious awareness, that creates a vulnerability. It, it's both an asset and a and a vulnerability. Um, If someone knows how to get that information to us, um, and they do, um, advertisers have been perfecting these strategies for generations. Mm -hmm. Advertisers know how to influence our behavior. When you drink a glass of wine, for example, you think that you're actually tasting that wine and forming an opinion about the taste of that wine consciously. Mm -hmm. And in reality, what's happening is your brain is telling you what that wine tastes like. Mm-hmm. And your brain is not relying simply on the olfactory, you know, uh, uh, um, sensations or, or the sense of smell or touch or or taste. Um, um, it's relying on a number of factors. It's, mm-hmm. it's influenced. Your brain is influenced when it's forming a decision about the, the taste of that wine. It's influenced by everything it knows about that wine, Mm -hmm. if it knows how much that wine costs, Mm -hmm. that's going to influence what your brain thinks about that wine, Mm -hmm. how the wine is packaged, Mm -hmm. how it appears, how it smells, who you're with when you're drinking it, what your state of mind is. All of these things cause your brain to formulate an opinion on the taste of that wine. So there's a lot more going into it than just the actual what you normally would think of as the taste of the wine Mm -hmm. and you know they did a study in london where where um they had a a display case full of french wine and german wine Mm -hmm. and on alternating days they would uh, and they paired these these two wines for for taste and for dryness and for price Mm -hmm. so the french wines were similar in price to the german wine Mm -hmm. and they were similar in um, uh, in general taste. Um, and they were similar in, um, um, in all the ways that they could make them similar. Mm-hmm. And, and the only real distinction, the primary distinction was that one group were French wines and the other group were German wine. Mm-hmm. And on alternating days, they would play music. On one day, they would play French music over the display. And on the next day, they would play German music over the display. Mm -hmm. On the days that they played French music, 75% of the wine purchased that day was French wine. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: On the
1: days that they played German music, 73% of the wine purchased on those days was German wine. Mm -hmm. Um, When they asked people who bought the wine at checkout whether or not the music influenced their purchasing decision, 93% 93% said no. Mm-hmm. So so, you know, clearly the music was having an impact on their purchasing decision, mm-hmm. but not according to ninety-three percent of them.
2: Right. Right? Yeah. So
1: so in other words, it was having an impact on their purchasing decision outside of their conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And 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 so there are, you know, these things can happen with wine. They can happen with political candidates. Right. They can happen with uh, the cars that you buy. Um, you know all the different decisions that you make: decisions on global warming, right. decisions on guns, right. decisions on healthcare, right. deci- decisions on opioids. Right. I mean, all of these all of these things can be influenced by forces outside of your knowledge and control, and outside of your awareness. Right. Now, I was surprised to read the other day mm-hmm. that you know who the the major advertisers are on digital advertising on Facebook and Google. Mm. Who do you think spends the most money on advertising on Facebook and Google?
0: I don't know. Would it be
1: political par- political parties?
0: Oh,
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, political parties, uh-huh. not companies. Hmm. Not industries, you know. It, it's it's not the pharmaceutical industry. It's not the healthcare industry. It's not the auto industry. It's not the beer, alcohol, and tobacco industry. It's political parties. Hmm. So these political parties are the ones, and the issues that they're paying money to promote are the most divisive political issues that separate the population. So, and the reason for that is the more emotional the reaction to the ad, the more viral it becomes Mm -hmm. and they are competing for attention. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
1: and so in order to get your attention um, and to get you to spread their messages, uh, they are, they are paying to (laughs) promote hot button issues, Mm -hmm. gun control, Mm -hmm. global warming you know, the issues that people are most emotionally attached to. Mm-hmm. And, and this is causing increased division in the country. Social mm-hmm. media is the first wave of the technological revolution.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the things that I'm writing about in my new book, Millennial Samurai,
2: mm-hmm. a yes.
1: mindset for the 21st century right. is the fact that we are going to get hit by a technological tsunami. Mm-hmm. And, and this is you know, this is something that is is pretty much universally acknowledged by the leading science scientists in this field. Bill mm-hmm. Gates says that the man who knows most about artificial intelligence of anyone he knows is a guy named Ray Kurzweil, mm-hmm. who is the head of artificial intelligence for Google. Mm-hmm. And Ray Kurzweil has predicted um, some of the technological changes that we've already experienced, and he's been about seventy to eighty percent right in his predictions. Mm-hmm. Kurzweil predicts that artificial intelligence will eclipse human intelligence by 2029. That's 10 years away. Mm -hmm. Stephen Hawking uh, said before he died that artificial intelligence would be the greatest event in human history, Mm -hmm. greater than the wheel, greater than fire, greater Mm -hmm. than anything that man has ever discovered or or created, Mm -hmm. and that's 10 years away. Mm -hmm. Kurzweil says that 20 years after that, so 30 years from now, Artificial intelligence, today, artificial intelligence is not as capable as human intelligence. Mm-hmm. Ten years from now, it will be equally capable. Mm-hmm. And 30 years from now, it will be a billion times, right. a billion with ab a, B, a billion amazing. times more capable than human intelligence. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a tsunami. Right. That's a tsunami that, that will change life as we know it. Mm-hmm. And it will it will change our political structures, our social structures, our economic structures. It will it will answer questions that, that have eluded man since the dawn of time. It will create major, major disruption. Mm-hmm. And and essentially our job as 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 human beings who are going to be living during this period and 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 on behalf of our children who are going to be living during this period. Our challenge is to learn how to surf that tsunami. Right. How do we sur- how do we survive and thrive mm-hmm. in this brave new world? Mm-hmm. And you know, instead of getting worried about it or thinking, you know, mm-hmm. we can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to require adaptation. It's mm-hmm. going to require continuous adaptation, mm-hmm. constant reskilling, mm-hmm. lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to require an attitude of I can. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Mm-hmm. I am capable. It's mm-hmm. going to require that we believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's going to require that we not expect to sit back and coast, mm-hmm. yeah, but instead that we raise our game, that we, that we uh, move to a higher level that mm-hmm. we learn more, that we develop mm-hmm. a love of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, these, the people that do this are the people that will survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. The people who don't do this are the people who will be swept away mm-hmm. by the tsunami. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, one of the things that, that we underestimate is we, under, we grossly under, us underestimate our power. Mm-hmm. We have tremendous power.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I want you to think about the, uh, the, the, the moment you were born okay Mm -hmm. you were sitting in your you you talk about adaptation Mm -hmm. you talk about being able to survive and thrive Mm -hmm. in a completely different environment Mm -hmm. in a completely different world in a Mm -hmm. whole new world Mm -hmm. well at one point you were sitting in your mother's stomach uh for uh um, nine months and it was nice and it was warm and Mm -hmm. it was wet and Mm -hmm. you know you were surrounded by fluid and uh you know, everything was great. And all of a sudden, at one moment, your mom's water breaks mm-hmm. and out you come mm-hmm. into a world that you've never experienced, mm-hmm. where now you've got to breathe air
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and everything is different.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's not warm and quiet and mm-hmm. calm. It's noisy. And it's, you know, the, the, the point of this is that we have the ability to adapt. A radically changing environment. Mm-hmm. It's in our DNA. Mm-hmm. We were born that way. Mm-hmm. We have that power. Mm-hmm. We have that ability. Mm-hmm. We just need to believe in ourselves and we need to work at it. Mm-hmm. We we can't uh we can't sit back and just think everything's gonna you know be okay. Mm-hmm. And we can't sit back in fear and think that everything's gonna be horrible. Mm-hmm. We have to, you don't you don't meet challenges by running away from them. Mm-hmm. you meet them by identifying them and by running toward them mm-hmm. and trying to solve them and and that's what i'm trying to encourage people to do that's what that's what a millennial samurai is all about a millennial samurai mm-hmm. is someone who from the millennial generation has they are the most educated generation in human history mm-hmm. they are the most globally networked generation in human history mm-hmm. uh, they are the most ethnically diverse generation mm-hmm um they have incredible power mm-hmm. what they what they need to supplement that with mm-hmm. is they need to supplement that with the ancient core values mm-hmm. that have allowed prior generations throughout history to succeed mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. courage commitment compassion diligence integrity honesty you know these types of character traits that have allowed people from Andrew Carnegie to Bill Gates and and beyond to become successful, those character traits need to be married to the millennial uh, attributes. And and ultimately, when you when you put those together, you have a a twenty first century warrior. You have somebody who is a millennial samurai. You have somebody who can survive and thrive mm-hmm. in in the most. Incredible conditions mm-hmm. that man has ever experienced mm-hmm. and that those are the types of people that I'm interested in training mm-hmm. Those are the people that I'm writing my books for mm-hmm. and uh, And you, you're right. You don't have to be young you, mm-hmm. you this can this information can be good for anyone yeah. anybody that's going to be alive during the next 30 years yeah. Needs to know this information.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely and also for I mean, I just I, I'm just thinking that for you know for small businesses and entrepreneurs to survive and have a sustainable uh, business, they have to read those books. So, George, can you just share with us again where people could get your books?
1: Yes. Well, the the first thing is um, you can go on Amazon.com today, and you can find Seize Your Destiny. Um, You can, you know, write down my name. It's George J. Chanos, C-H-A-N-O-S. And uh, you can look up Seize Your Destiny on Amazon.com. That's available now. Millennial Samurai will be published hopefully at the end of May. At the latest, it'll be published in June, and it'll be available on Amazon as well. Um, But if if you're able to, I would love for people to go to MillennialSamurai.com and pre-register. They'll receive a 20% discount on the book, and I will notify them the moment the book is available. And they'll receive an email. So you just go to MillennialSamurai.com and sign up uh, to be notified. Um, And uh, you'll also uh, be receiving a summary of the book. I've just put together a 30-page document. that's a PDF um, that you'll be able to download. It's not on the site yet, but if you register, you'll get one. And um, uh, that book, that will give you insight. It it covers about six of the chapters. Uh, There are... 180 chapters in this book. They're, they're wow. one to three pages each. Mm-hmm. So they're very short. Mm-hmm. They're very easy to read. They, they were specifically designed for millennials with a short attention span. Mm-hmm. And um, they are meant essentially as a reconnaissance. Imagine if you hired me Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm a lawyer that's practiced for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I've, I've practiced at the height of my profession. I've run the state's largest law firm. I've represented governors and billionaires. Mm-hmm. And you're essentially hiring me mm-hmm. for the price of this book, which mm-hmm. will be about $19 mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. You're You're hiring me to look at the next 30 years mm-hmm. and to tell you the top 180 things mm-hmm. that I think you need to know mm-hmm. going into the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. And to give you a basic understanding of everything from artificial intelligence to blockchain Mm -hmm. to cognitive dissidence, uh, tribalism, Mm -hmm. motivated reasoning, um, the future of war, Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, an an amazing collection of issues that um, I guarantee I don't care who you are no matter who you are, if you read this book, there will be many, many, many things in there that you did not know, but mm-hmm. that you will be glad that you learned. Mm-hmm. Um, because these are all things that, that I learned as mm-hmm. I was doing my research for my children mm-hmm. um, about the future. These are all the things that I learned that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I read quite a bit, Mm-hmm. And, uh, I stayed very current on current affairs mm-hmm. and, and there were tons of things that mm-hmm. I didn't know and that I was literally amazed at. Mm-hmm. And i put these things in the book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you read this, you will truly be, in, in the top 1% of the most informed people in the country, mm-hmm. and in in terms of your general understanding of all of these issues, you'll have a broader understanding. Mm-hmm. You won't know more about artificial intelligence than someone who studies artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, mm-hmm. but you'll know more than 99% of the American public about artificial intelligence right. after reading these three pages mm-hmm. because they don't know much of anything about right. it, right? Right, um, right. You yeah. know, so... so and that's all you need to know. You just you need to know enough to, to know whether or not you want to learn more. And right. then I've got links in the back of the book. I provide online resources mm-hmm. that you can go to mm-hmm. um, to learn more. So, for example, I might tell you about three – I might give you one, one, two, or three pages on character – but I might link you to an 800-page treatise on character. Mm
2: -hmm, (laughs) So mm -hmm. if you
1: want to learn, if if you want to become an expert on character, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's the link. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. if you just want to know why you need to integrate it in your life Mm -hmm. and why you need to talk to your children Mm -hmm. about it and why they need to integrate it into Mm -hmm. their life, Mm -hmm. then just read the three pages, and that'll tell you
0: why. Great. I really can't wait, George. Thank you so much, George, for sharing your thoughts with us. And to our listeners, as a parent, I'm very concerned about my daughter's future. So I, I, it's going to be a, a must-read for everyone. The Millennial Summer. I already re- pre, uh, pre, pre-ordered pre a copy online. I hope everybody does as well. So um, thank thank all of you for listening. This is Lian Sadanajadi. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again in the next episode. Thank you. Good night.